0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: You're listening to Adam Carriker on The Ticket
2: on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam Character on the Ticket. And a couple of things real quick before I bring on a Husker legend, Mister Baron Miles. So, real quick, the Character Chronicles website will be launching one week from tomorrow on August fifteenth. You can check out that Tom Osborne interview that just dropped thirty two minutes ago here at noon on YouTube. The ninety three seven, the Ticket. Everything I'm doing here will be on that website. The Big Ten Show, the Character Chronicles. We got Character's crew with Corn corn craze hunter connor's hayden you got john johnson of corn ashley Spitznoggle. i just called rob zadiska trying to get doc talk on the website as well you got merchandise you got all sorts of stuff ladies and gentlemen one week from tomorrow august 15th character also keep an eye in the near future i'm going to be doing more things here on 93.7 the ticket all right and as far as today Hit me up, the people's segment. What do you think of conference realignment? Are you excited that Oregon and Washington joined? Should Stanford be in the conversation? Will North Carolina be next? Should I? Am I crazy? Should it? Should it? Should I? North Carolina not be in the conversation? Should it? Should be Virginia? Should it be the Florida schools, Miami, Florida State? Should we just be going after Clemson and try to take them from the SEC before the SEC gets them? Let me know your thoughts. Okay, the people's segment, last ten minutes of this show. Call or text. That's 402-464-5685. Now, real quick, a man that I grew up watching, I've had the pleasure of meeting him as well as his son. I don't know if they remember it at all. Hopefully they do. I remember meeting them. All right. He was one of the top cornerbacks and special teams players in Nebraska football history. First team all-conference in 1993-1994. Top 10 in Nebraska football history for PBU's past breakups. Okay. Number one in most blocked punts ever with seven number one and most block, total block kicks ever, 13. Helped Tom Osborne win his first national championship in 1994. Also, All-American mentions. Okay, Nebraska Football Hall of Famer. Nebraska defensive back, black shirt from 1992 to 1994, Mr. Baron Miles. How you doing, my friend?
1: Not too bad in to yourself. Not too bad. Hey, that sounded pretty good. I like
2: that. <laughs> you know what? Anytime I bring a guest on, I like to give them their due justice. People need to know who they're hearing from, and you, my friend, are one of the guys that I grew up watching. I immensely enjoyed your career, which you were able to accomplish real quick. Before I forget, Baron is joining me on the VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Now, Baron, I want to go backwards before we go forwards a little bit, if that's all right with you, because I've chatted with Rob okay doc okay. talk rob zadiska and he mentioned yeah. to me a couple of times that the most talented team he ever played on at nebraska was actually in 1992 so what are your thoughts on that the talent of the 1992 nebraska football team okay and why was 1993 and 1994 even more successful in your opinion
1: oh the most ah uh, 92 yeah, you can
2: disagree with him. He's wrong all the time, so it's okay. You can, you can I, let him know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't say that. I, I would have to go. Oof, I would even have to go ninety four, ninety five. If that, if that, that's that's pretty tough. Yeah, ninety four, ninety five.
2: Okay. Well, Rob wasn't there I in ninety five, and he claims that ninety five was just all of 94's backup, backups. So nineteen ninety four would have beat nineteen ninety five. So those are his thoughts on that. But talk to me now. About I, this. I
1: agree with that too because I wasn't there in ninety five either. But a lot of the guys I was around a lot, so I got to know him. So I agree with Rob on that point. We
2: probably would have been them for sure. You heard it here. 1994 Nebraska would beat 1995 from Baron Miles and Rob Zadiska. It is a fact. Just know it. All right. (laughs) 1993. Talk to me about that Florida State game. You guys go in 16-17 point underdogs. You're the number one team in the nation. You're the undefeated team. Florida State had lost to Notre Dame. Now they had. Charlie Ward, Eisman Trophy winner. Okay, and Trev Alberts was a monster in that game, running around with the cast on his hand. But talk to me about that night, that game, and really what that meant for the Nebraska football program heading into that 1994 season.
1: That was, yeah, that was our stepping stone. That was our, our turning point. That was, um, we had a lot going in on that one. I think um, for me, especially now being a coach, um, I think, that probably was our best scouted game that the coaches gave us. We knew everything about them, what they were going to do. They lined up in certain positions, what route it was going to be, what play it was going to be. And we was pinpoint on and I was trying to jump every little morsel so I could of, um, just following their game plan. And that, that was a game for us to win and, and we poured everything into it. And, um, we didn't come up with the victory, but at the same time, shoot, it, it led to bigger things and it led to, to our legacy as, as it grew from that point on.
2: Now talk to me because some teams, they are, they're a little bit more predictable than others. When we played Oklahoma, when I was at Nebraska, we knew that they were going to start every game in a brand new formation with a whole new set of plays, but they were the only exactly. school we ever played against that really did that. So, Florida yeah. State, did they not change much between the regular season and the night you guys played them that much in the, uh, that night in the Orange Bowl?
1: They did not. They was Florida State. They figured they, they was beaten. they was going to beat up on Nebraska. You know, we was going to come in there, be slow, fumbling, not athletic, and just beat us. And, um, they was very athletic, but at the same time, we was athletic as well. And I, I think we surprised them and they took us for granted, I'm pretty sure. And, um, we we gave him a butt kicking and, and um, Charlie Ward was actually, he was very, he was a very good quarterback and um, yeah, he deserved every accolades he got because it was some balls. I, I thought I was going to get and he looked away and, and threw somewhere else. And um, I was impressed. I was impressed by him because I, I was jumping everything and I was ready to, to make my plays and uh, he was throwing no look passes and everything. So, um, I think, yeah, they were very athletic. They didn't change that much. They were just who they were, and um, it was their show for Bobby Bowden. All
2: right, I'm joined on the ALO VIP line, ALO fiber VIP line by Husker legend Baron Miles. Now talk to me that night about Trev Alberts, because I was a big Trev Alberts fan as a kid, then Grant Winstrom was next. The impact he had on that game with the cast on his arm, because that was his last game as a Husker. Talk to me about the impact he had on the game plan going into the game that night versus Florida State, Charlie Ward and Bobby Bowden.
1: Um, he was a, a, a great leader. Um, it was quiet. It was subtle. He he had jokes, um, but everybody took to him, and he didn't have to say too much, and he led by example. He knew um, how to push the buttons, he knew who to push buttons to, and I think, um, honestly, we came there with a, a focus and mindset to do a job, and Trev just led, and Trev did what Trev always do on the football field, and that's why he, he was the guy he was, and all the accolades he received as well, He he, he deserved it because of what he showed on the football field, but um, a lot of the guys at that point in time getting ready for the bowl game, guys were geared up and ready to go from the start. It was just Trev pushing little buttons here and there and just making sure everybody was ready to go.
2: Now, for those who don't know, Barron is the defensive coordinator up in Canada for the Ottawa Red Blacks. So I gotta, I want to ask you this question from two perspectives. One, you played in the game as a player, obviously, Okay, yeah. but also now being a D coordinator, looking back on uh, that night. So I'm going to go to the next year, okay, 1994 National Championship. I believe it was New Year's Day. I could be wrong on that, but New Year's Day, 95 versus Miami. Now, you had yeah. on your birthday the game-sealing interception on your birthday to seal that game versus the Hurricanes. But a lot of people, me, myself included, remember the fourth quarter, Miami being exhausted, the physical run game taking over, but if you go back and you watch that game, I think somehow it's almost overlooked how the black shirts dominated the second half of that game versus Miami. Frank Costa barely able to stand, his jersey muddier than my kids when they go outside to play in white clothes. <laughs> they didn't score almost the entire second half. The last 28 minutes and 19 seconds of that game, Miami did not score what adjustments did you guys make at halftime that really just kind of shut them down
1: honestly we we didn't we didn't have any adjustments we we just played we kept our calm cool and was poised um let them make mistakes but we again we knew what they was going to do we knew who they were trying to get the ball to and we played our defense we we just lined up we's going to play man like charlie mcbride would always say corners you're going to win and lose the game for me um for us and um, you got to do your job and do your part and that's what we had to do we had to cover their receivers and let the front affect the quarterback as much as possible and that's what we did
2: now you're the father of current nebraska wide receivers uh, wide receiver baron miles jr and i assume you've chatted with your son a little bit so whatever you're comfortable with sharing feel free to share if not no big deal but What have you seen so far? What has your son mentioned as far as some of the the differences early on in Matt Rule's tenure, some of the differences between Coach Rule and the past couple of seasons here at Nebraska?
1: Um, I I just think um, he's just really getting to know the guys, the coaches as well. And I think um, being a non-recruiter guy from Rule, I think they made him feel a little welcome. And um, he's just happy for that. I think he's uh, trying to find his way um Around the different avenues there is at the university, you know that you know as a as a dad and as a coach, I wear both hats and I give him an, I give him two different perspectives and I, I just let him know that you know the coach wants to see um an athletic person he wants somebody that 's going to flash on the football field and make things work and um if you can make things work, you got a shot if you're a guy that needs extra help and they got to coach you and do different things like that, um, those are guys that are harder to keep around because I want a guy that's going to just play. I call a play and he's going to make it work for me. Um, It should work to a point, but if they happen to run a good defense to stop what I'm running, the athlete's going to take over and make the play work for me. So um, that's what I tell them. I tell them, um, keep his head up, keep working, do the little things. And um, the, the, the group, he got to learn. He got to know who he's talking to. He got to know who he's around. And I think ruling them are setting the stage for uh, something special.
2: Now, ladies and gentlemen, as always, here in about 10 minutes or so, eight or nine minutes, the people's segment, call or text your questions, 402-402 four, six, four, five, six, eight, five. And as always, I will try to get to as many questions as I can possibly get to. I don't think I've missed one yet. So again, the people segment is counting down eight minutes or less, four, oh, two, four, six, four, five, six, eight, five. Some of your questions, comments, and concerns. Now I gotta throw this one out there. We have a rather uh, youthful wide receivers coach here in Nebraska. There was a few things made about that when he was first hired as a former player, a coach yourself. Uh, your son is a wide receiver was there what was your reaction to a younger wide receivers coach being hired at nebraska? Was it something that was kind of on your radar did you not bat an eye at it what was your thoughts
1: i didn't i didn 't bat an eye at it A coach is a coach um that they, they hired him um, he he qualified he 's going to put his best foot forward i think um as a as a dad and as a coach I told my son to to Listen, do what needs to be done, um, understand, show him respect, and, and play football. That's what you're there for. Go to school, play football, and, and do the right thing. So um, whether he's – however old he is, it doesn't matter. I think um, you, you just owe that coach, whoever it is, the respect that he is your coach, and that's what you need, you need to follow.
2: It was interesting. When I was at the Rams – um, the D-line coach that was there when I was drafted was Brian Baker. Now, he was an older guy, old school guy, very right. hard-nosed old school. Within a couple of years, we had a new head coach and a new D-line coach, and it was Coach Daly, and he was a younger dude. And He was younger than about four of the guys in our D-line room and a little yeah, older than me, and I remember thinking, uh, I looked at the vets, how are they going to react to this guy? Because they're older than right. he is. They've been playing football longer than he's been coaching it. Leonard Little, Leroy Glover, James Hall, who was on that 97 Michigan team. Yeah, we had many yes. Nebraska-Michigan debates, okay? Um, <laughs> they looked at me, and it was funny. They said things very similar to what you said. He was hired for a reason, Adam. He's here for a reason, Adam. You're a young guy. You're trying to figure out a new position as a nose guard, but you need to yeah. listen to him because he was brought in for a reason. So I really followed their lead. And after I left St. Louis, I went to D.C. Within four years... Patriots won a, won a couple of Super Bowls. I think two Super Bowls in three years, and Coach yeah. Daly was on that staff. And I was like, "Holy smokes, he must be doing something yeah. right." So, you're right. A lot of exactly. times, you know, guys get hired for a reason. And so, yeah. it was interesting when hoopla was made after he was hired. But as long as he keeps doing a good job, which I've heard good things so far, age is nothing but a number. All right, man. I I'd agree. be remiss if I didn't get I didn't get your thoughts on conference realignment. All right, you're a guy who played in the Big Eight. I don't think you ever got to play in the Big 12 or anything like that. But what are your thoughts on college football and where it is currently headed?
1: Um, I've been up in the, Can- the Canadian world for a long time now. Um, I haven't been following it too much. But the young guys that come up here and talk about their conferences and things like that, I'm, I'm old school with the Big Eight. I wish the big eight still was alive, but I know the money and everything um happens and they gotta realign. But um I think I think it'll be I think it's adding new familiarity to different different uh conferences, but uh there's nothing like a good old Oklahoma Nebraska game. So I'm old school with that that fact. So I don't know which way I really lean, but there's nothing like a Oklahoma on Thanksgiving
2: day with Nebraska and Oklahoma. Man, I'm with you there. You know, with, and I I talked earlier about how our non-conference schedule could potentially look in a year or two with Oregon, Washington, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, you know, potentially all these teams. And I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to be, you know, standing on the table demanding all these tough (laughs) non-conference games anymore. It might, might be smart (laughs) to maybe save ourselves a little bit. What are your thoughts on that before I let you go? I
1: agree. I, that might be the best bet because you're going to end up beating yourself up in the conference play. Um, you want to be healthy. It's going to be a long stretch. It's going to be ground and pound, especially when the weather changes. So, uh, yeah, you might want to get a lesser, lesser opponent in non-conference. All
2: right, Baron. I appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing you at a Husker practice here in the near future. Thanks, my friend.
1: Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
2: All right, Husker Nation.
1: We'll be right back.